Hi there, welcome back to another episode of Watching Friends. I'm Mark. Please stay on the line. Your call is important to us. And hi, I'm Ryan. Quack, 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 quack. What are you quacking about, dumb Donald Dodo? <laughs> uh, this is Season 3, Episode 22, The One with the Screamer, which uh, is an unfortunate title, I think. It is, yeah. It certainly doesn't help you remember... Well, I don't think Ben's still there when you say scream, I put it that way. No, exactly. Uh, before we get into this episode, though, I think we should do some housekeeping and uh, talk about some stuff we've been up to, because as we record, it is the start of 2023. Although by the time you hear this, it'll probably be quite into 2023. Yeah, I mean, well, it's the 2nd of January today, so it's very early 2023 for us. Yep, so you've, you've fully recovered after New Year's, after all your drinking. Yeah, uh, I played a, uh, a board game called Heroes of Barcadia that I backed on Kickstarter a while ago, where essentially your character model is a pint glass and you fill it with you know liquid of your choice, which in my case was ale and wine. Not together, that would be gross. Um, and you basically move around the board fighting characters, and if you roll a dice to beat the certain score, you win the fight. You lose the dice, you take X amount of damage, which then you drink your health out of the cup. And obviously when your cup's empty, your character's dead. Um, but then you just respawn, so it's not like it's game over. You just so you died a lot. Yeah, um, I was very drunk after that, but I recovered, you know, I, I, I went from being Ryan to becoming a creature for most of New Year's Day, and then today I am mostly Ryan again. Well, I actually got some uh, gifts for Christmas that were Friends-related. I got a oh. couple of uh, glasses, uh, one which says, like, uh, you know, could, could I be any more thirsty? Nice. I, I, like I can't that. remember what the other one says, and I got a... A friend's card game, which has like loads of quiz stuff on it, so I'm gonna be dragging that out at some point. Nice. And I think we're gonna definitely do an episode where we test your knowledge. We like we like testing my knowledge on this show, don't we? Well, <laughs> like... you know, it's a you know a, a slight tangent from that. Uh, we do actually have a new review on our iTunes, which is great. Nice. So this is from uh, Girl Tales Number One Fan, and it's Hi, I'm a 12 year old, and I just want to say I love your podcast. So many times have I tried to find an Amazing Friends podcast and I've loved listening to these episodes. I used to have a lot of anxiety at night and I still do, but it really makes me feel calm and I get to know all these fun, interesting things about friends and I get to totally show off about my knowledge now. Anyway, I just want to say, please keep doing your podcasts as I love them. Also, I would really like to see another guest on one of your future episodes from your number one fan. I love that. That's absolutely lovely. So thank you very much for leaving us a lovely review there. Um, I don't know how much knowledge you're learning from us because we, you know, infamously know that Ryan is not the <laughs> the most knowledgeable when it comes to friends. Um, that was that was a one time thing in our very first episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not fair. Yeah, I think we we said it many times before. Sometimes there's mistakes because you know you're you're thinking off the cuff, and especially if you're the one who's hosting the episode, you're trying to read ahead in our script that we we make which isn't a word for word script it's more just like notes of like how the episode goes and you're trying to figure out you know what to say and talk about next whilst also thinking about what you're currently talking about and things can get muddled up very quickly so yeah and then i go off on a tangent and it's like oh wait where were we <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> i have to bring you back on track don't i uh also um, today we are recording remotely so apologies if there's any slight audio issues hopefully there isn't no, fingers crossed. Um, I will say, though, in terms of guests, um, Jess is excited to come back onto the show as soon as she's uh, available to do so. So that would be nice. And uh, as we enter season four soon, uh, my friend Rich uh, wants to come on for the one with the embryos, as that's. He says it's the best episode of Friends, but 
not the best season or something. He'll go into more detail when he's here. But that's the episode he wants to come on for. So there will be some more guests in the future. Yeah, definitely. I've been chatting to our patron, uh, Katrina, and um, they were saying, like, you know, they was giving their, like, their their womanly input uh, of, of, like, some things that happened in a, in a recent episode that we were discussing. And I was like, actually, that's really interesting because, you know, as, as two white straight men in the UK, uh, our, our kind of experience of friends is probably very similar. Yeah. And definitely, you know, I would love to have, you know, someone else on with like different experiences and thoughts to things. Because, um, you know, I, I can't remember what episode it was that we were discussing exactly, but, but they mentioned that uh, high heels can make you um, look more feminine and the way you walk and stuff like that. So I'm trying to think what episode that was in that we was discussing. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we, me and you probably never would have thought about that, like how high heels actually change your look and how you walk and everything like that. Nope. All I know about high heels is that it's surprisingly similar to walking in ice skates. <laughs> is it really? Apparently not. Everyone I've ever said that to has massively disagreed with me. I, yeah, um, I, I feel like walking in ice skates is, is interesting, but it just feels like your feet are higher up. So like you've got to kind of like re- re-judge where you're stepping. Whereas in high heels, like you've got one part of your foot is close to the ground and the other part isn't. Well, from my, my frame of reference is that your your the body weight is entirely essentially in the middle of your kind of center of gravity as opposed to being flat and spread out the way it normally is over your whole foot, which is to me similar to an escape. And the one time I the first time I said this, I was then challenged to put on some heels and walk across <laughs> the room. So I did. Um, and then got shouted at, going, well, they're wedge heels, it doesn't really count. And I'm like, well, fine, find me some high heels. And then the whole where the hell did you get size nine heels came from. That's specialist shops, Ryan. And then, so I've never actually wore a pair of size nine heels, but maybe for Patreon one day, we can do that. I, I thought a bunch of women were about to shout at you for having a sexier walk than them. It, oh, it wasn't sexy. It was similar to our ice skate, entirely, entirely functional and no, no pretty form whatsoever. But I didn't fall down, so I took that as a win. Well, we should probably get into this week's episode. So as I said earlier, Season 3, Episode 22. We're getting towards the end of Season 3 now. And this is the one with the screamer. Uh, As already mentioned, there is a famous guest on this episode. There is. How famous was he at this point? I feel feel like Ben Stiller, this is, you know, mid-90s. He's probably had, like, some stuff happen for him to to be on. Because I guess we've got to remember that you know, the, the the show has always had on pretty big guests. It's never had people generally on who are just starting out. Yep. Um, so I would say around this time, it's, it's you know, he's, he's probably starting his, like, film career around around now, right? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, where guests aren't that maybe well-known internationally at this point, they're on Friends, but in the States, they're huge. Like the States is like its own, a beast unto itself, really, when it comes to celebrity. So there are people that like will be SNL legends, for instance, and yeah. you and I will have no idea who they are until eventually they're in some like smash comedy hit. And then, yeah. So, I mean, he could have been huge at this point, like you said. I mean, in the first season, they had X amount of really high caliber guests. Well, yeah, I, I think you're right with Saturday Night Live there because he does come from there, I believe. Um, no, that makes sense. And, and you know, like a, a lot of the, the comedy crowd, they're, they're all on there, aren't they, at some point? And you're right, like in America, they become absolutely huge for that, and that's what they're known for. Um, but Ben Stiller, like around 95, he did a, a, a I guess, a one-series show called The Ben Stiller Show. Um, and then nothing really till Zoolander in 2001. Zoolander was hilarious, to be fair. 
And then, you know, I think for, for him, it probably was like the mid 2000s is when he, he started picking up things. Um, but I'm just looking at IMDb now and I can't really see him do much around 95, but he must have been doing something then to, to be on the show and to be like a, a name. And he's, he's the big part of the episode. Like, it's not like he's in one scene. Like, when you have Billy Crystal and Robin Williams and they're, like, a quick conversation on the couch yep. or Helen Hunt's on a table and it's like, they get Phoebe confused with Ursula. It's, they're not big parts, but Ben Stiller is an integral part of the episode. He is, yes. So, without further ado, let's get into this. So, we open up Monica's apartment and Phoebe's is on the phone and Rachel has been waiting for a call. Turns out Phoebe is on the phone for a warranty issue for her house phone. Uh, we've all been there, haven't we? Like, trying to call someone to either cancel a subscription or, you know, get a replacement or whatever, and it takes forever, right? It does. What I find funny is, like, the modern version of this now is because they don't really have, you don't really hold that much unless you'd, like, the last time I think I was on hold was called in the passport office. Um, everything else is an automated computer system that just repeatedly tells you to go to the website, and then you'll be like, press four for more assistance, and you'll press four, and it's like, please go to insertname.com. Thank you, goodbye, eh, and hangs up on you. Yeah. And the rage, the rage. Oh, I, I get I get so much rage now, especially with like delivery companies where they don't even have call centers anymore. They just have a chat bot and you put in your thing. And if you are not following the rules of the chat bot, it just won't answer you. And even then it'll just be like, wait. And then you're like, there's cool, a, there's, no, there's no one to sort this out. It's like, oh, well. And there's I, a delivery company in the UK called Every. Um, and people who've used them recently will go, oh, they're terrible. But they used to be called Hermes, or Hermes as in the god. Uh, and they're such a notoriously bad company that they changed their name. That's yep. how bad they were. They had to change their name. So they were in the UK, they were legendary for, you'd order a parcel online, you'd find out they were delivering it and be like, great, it'll be in a puddle. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, or, or in just... the delivery guy's house, no, no doubt. Yeah, there's like actual clips online of like a second floor apartment having a delivery from this company. And the guy's just stood in his roof, chucking it onto the balcony, not even trying to enter the house or go yeah. upstairs into the building. And it's like, that's how bad they were. And my sister got stuck in their little chatbot the other day trying to find out where uh, her dunks were, some kind of Nike shoes or Nike shoes. We had a debate in the house on how it's meant to be said. Okay. It's Nike. It's Nike, for reference. That's how the company, the guy who runs the company says it is called. So that's how you say it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's problematic now that where you cannot get any assistance from anyone, um, especially like when it comes to social media companies. Like if you get your account like accidentally banned or suspended or whatever, it's like, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200, you know, you're done. Unless you're, you're yeah. famous and have, you know, some kind of voice out there, you're not going to be heard by anyone. So Agreed. definitely feel Phoebe's pain there. Uh, certainly the way they're making her wait on hold till she gives up. And that gives us our first clip. Okay, hang up. That's it. Come on. No, Rachel, that's what they want me to do. My warranty expires tomorrow. If I don't get through, they're not going to fix my crappy broken phone for free. We cannot let them win. It's us versus them. Yes. Huh. So, yeah, uh, Joey enters. Um, after, you know, Phoebe has been complaining about her phone issues and he needs to get ticket numbers for his play tonight. Uh, turns out Ross that, uh, is going to bring a date though. Not Ra- not, not Rachel. Um, of course they broke up long ago. Uh, and, uh, apparently Rachel is now also going to bring a date as well. I, I love this little conversation where he's like, but Rachel, you said one. And she went, yes, I thought you meant plus one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's the friend's line logic again, isn't it? When you just act yep. even more dumb. 
yeah, I, you got to love her, like, kind of jealousy. Like, oh, Ross is bringing a date. Well, I need a date as well. Like, no, be, be proud for like, Ross. It's, it's not easy for Ross to get a date. It isn't. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, last episode, we had the little moment where she wasn't well and he looked after her. So, you know, a bit of the old affection, I guess, returned. And now all of a sudden it's, I'm seeing someone else. And she's like, ah, and just has a little jealous freak out. Like, at the same time, you know, it's, it is kind of the weird ex-competitiveness of like, they moved on faster than me. How dare they? I need to prove I've moved on too. And yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little bit odd. Um, but did you know, notice Chandler's goatee? I don't know if we, we spoke about this uh, before. I know we have it at, at, at some points because we talk about his book and how he mentions um, during this particular moment of the season, like if he's got a goatee, then he's doing um, like the the alcohol and drugs and things like that. And he's starting to go through his start of his many issues. Yeah, it, this episode and the one after, I kept noticing how his clothes were just kind of hanging on him. Like, he's not really feeling this clothes, and he just he does look very unwell. But I don't know if I noticed it as a kid, but having listened to some of his book and, you know, just knowing about his issues, it is kind of apparent. Yeah, I, I noticed it when, before the book, like, I used to watch him be like, something's different, but like, I could never quite put my finger on it and just like, oh, he's just, you know, he's changed his look or whatever. But actually, no, there's there's quite a dramatic change. When you're looking out for it and you notice it, you can see, like, between episodes, bam, like, there, there is a, a huge change in how he looks. Uh, we then get our classic intro, as always. And we are still at the apartment and Phoebe is having to get changed whilst uh, on hold with some great physical comedy as she gets stuck in her top. <laughs> uh, then this is when Monica commits evil and introduces us to speakerphone. Now, I hate people that make us suffer on hold music when they're on hold. Oh, OK. I didn't know this. Have, have you never been in an office or anything where someone else is on hold and they're like, I put it on a speaker so everyone can suffer in their pain of having to be on hold? Uh, if I, I mean, I've done this at home nearly every single time because I don't want more. Well, inside AirPods, I didn't because my AirPods are in. But I'll, yeah, if my AirPods are around, I'll just put it on. The other day, I was on hold to the comic shop for about 10 minutes and their hold music is the Imperial March. So my whole house kind of enjoyed that. But just like going, dude, 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 dude. So they didn't seem to mind too much, but. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's better than green sleeves over and over again. Or the worst is when every like 20 seconds they have a voice clip. It goes, hi there. We apologize that, we're, that there's been a delay. You're in the queue. And you're like, I don't need to know this information. Just don't talk to me until there's going to be a person. Especially because there's like a, a gap between the music ending and that clip playing. Yeah. So for every time your brain goes, they've answered. No, it's this clip again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> disappointment every time. It makes you more and more angry. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we then end up at the theatre and we meet Rachel and her date Ben Stiller or Tommy as he is known in this episode yeah I mean Tommy's a weird name I always find it an odd name it's, if, it's, if it's, in... it's very Rugrats isn't it yes maybe that's why but yeah, <laughs> like the baby's name <laughs> yeah it's, it's not a Thomas or a Tom it's Tommy uh, yeah I think it's too too familiar but, you know, at, at least, you know, Ross and Rachel are not making it too uncomfortable with their new dates, which is, like, good of them. Mm -hmm. uh, although Tommy and Ross are about to make it very awkward uh, as they go to find their seats. Uh, they find two other people occupying them. We've, we've all been in this situation too, right? Uh, so many times. So, so many times at the cinema. Like, nearly every time we go. 
and there's always the people who are in your seats are always so supremely confident one could almost say arrogant that they're in the right seat to the yeah. point where you then go and check and count like we, i always like to sit in row l at the cinema and there's normally like like <laughs> to air <laughs> so so now everyone knows not only where you live where you shop but also what row you're going to be in at the cinema <laughs> yeah i like middle middle and then the amount of times i've walked back down the aisle and looked and counted backwards and gone n m l yeah this is definitely l mate you're in the wrong seat no well, i'm not right, especially because at our cinema the on the stairs the letter l is actually in line with the the seats but most people read it as like when you hit l the next like the actual row is going to be behind the letter, not in line with it. I mean, if they had common sense, they'd have just put the letter on the seat number because the seats are numbered. Just add a letter. Yeah. Just have L21 or whatever. Like, it annoys me so much. So you said but... L21, eh? Yeah. No, I like to go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every time. And the people in your seat are always so confident. And then there's always that moment where they're wrong and they realise they're wrong. And I don't know what it's like in other countries, but in England, there's this, like weird social etiquette i guess where you, you you can't throw it in their face that they're wrong but you really want to <laughs> so you just kind of sarcastically nod at them like hmm, that's okay guys don't worry and they apologize like don't worry guys happens all the time but really you're going you're an ass <laughs> <laughs> well yeah if, if anyone came up to me and was like you're in my seat i'd be like let me check the ticket because i'm not gonna say i'm right in case i am wrong and yeah. i certainly remember one time i was at the cinema and there was a little kerfuffle going on at the front and they they got the usher because they're like we both have tickets that say we're in the same seat and then the usher like looks in it's like oh your tickets for tomorrow night <laughs> which has to be the worst that, because like, you know someone has checked that ticket as well and just been like yep you can go in yep i mean i've had friends uh get us to the cinema and find out they'd booked tickets for the wrong day like we didn't get into the cinema, but we've all, you know, we've built on the screen rather, but we've all been in the lobby and then we've tried to scan and it's not working and then realised that he's booked tickets for tomorrow. And it's, like, <laughs> it's only done it once, but I never let him forget it because it's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Uh, but this brings us on to our second clip. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I think you may be in our seats. Um, no, I don't think so. Can we take a look at your ticket? Sure. Yeah, yeah. See, this says D thirteen, and uh, and oh well, I thought that uh, you we, thought, we were... huh? Yeah, well, that didn't really work out too well for it, did you, idiot? <laughs> what are you a moron, huh? It says D thirteen, okay? Look, you're surrounded by even numbers. Does that give you some clue? Uh, the usher told him. Oh, come... oh, well, the usher must be right. What with all the training they go through. Get out! Here. So yeah, we've all been in the situation, uh, except for we don't shout at them like Tommy does, do we? No, I mean, yeah, he has a very extreme reaction. It's not even like, if the person starts giving you some attitude and being very rudely defiant, I guess, maybe you'd, your voice would get a bit elevated, but Tommy goes from naught to a million immediately, and he's clearly unstable. So what do you think of Ben Stiller, like as an actor? See, this is going to sound harsh, um, but to me, he's kind of in the same camp as, as like Will Farrell and Jim Carrey and a lot of really kind of famous comedy actors in the sense of they act. I'm not going to say like themselves because they're obviously acting, but they have a, I guess, a persona that they use in movies and stuff they act in. And they're always that persona. Ben Stiller is basically the same in every comedy, whether it's Meet the Parents or Friends or 
obviously he's a bit dumber in Zoolander, but his mannerisms are the same. Same with Jim Carrey, same with Will Ferrell. They're all kind of that. They have a persona, and that's what they are. So you know what you're getting when you go see their movies, which I guess yeah. is kind of why they're successful. But at the same time, you know, there's not a lot of nuance to a Ben Stiller performance. No, because I quite like Ben Stiller, but he's he's not a draw to me. Like if you go, oh, the new Ben Stiller films out, I don't really care. But you know, I mean, Zoolander one I loved, and which which is mini- which is strange because that's uh, it's it's not a film you can easily recommend to anyone. I think just because the humor is just very out there. Yeah, it's, and it's stupid. Like it's not, it's not highbrow in the slightest. It's very stupid. I mean, the guys are playing around with petrol station with petrol at one point, like it's water, and it's just, it's a daft film. It's, it's almost like um, a stoner film in a way. Like you have to be in the mood, a bit like Anchorman. You have to have the, the right kind of humour and be in the right frame of mind to watch one of these films because they're not laugh out loud funny. They're just dumb stupidness. Yeah, um, but what I will tell you is that Zoolander Two is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, it so. When Jess and I were still a couple, uh, we bought our unlimited cards so we can get the cinema as many times as we want in the month for a, for a flat fee. The first movie we went to see using our unlimited cards was Zoolander 2. And we almost walked out, but because we'd used our cards for the first time, we were like, no, it's the first use of our cards and we're excited about that, so we're going to stay. It was dreadful. It was about 15 years too late. All the jokes were dated. They were making like one out of fat people there was a scene with some fashion cameos where they went around the room and explained where everyone was i'm like well it's not really an effective cameo if you need to list who the person is <laughs> is it like the uh, simpsons where they like you know the celebrities on the simpsons used to be great and then all of a sudden they was like oh look it's tony blair he's the prime minister of britain did you know he did this and it's like oh. yeah exactly it's literally exactly that it's like oh look there's like donatella versace of the house of versace and he's like yeah we, we figured like either you know no enough fashion to recognize them or you're not don't if you explain it you just look stupid yeah you can't explain a cameo but it does not work um but the second one was god awful and probably one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life because you know ben, movies. well ben stood has done the the night of the museum movies they're they're middle of the road they're fine they're enjoyable yeah. enough good kids films uh, obviously, you've got Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, all those. Like they're they're enjoyable. They probably get a little bit worse as they go on, but they're they're enjoyable and a bit different. Yeah, I mean, I guess Meet the Parents is good because it's that kind of relatable relationship step where you're like, uh oh, I've got to meet the you know the mum. And I guess for men, traditionally meeting the dad is like the big uh oh. Yeah. Uh, so works. Well, he was also in Dodgeball, and Dodgeball is like one of my low key favorite films. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you that and then there's Blaze of Glory which I guess is a film you might enjoy I haven't seen it I've never never seen it I have watched it and I thought it's going to be basically dodgeball but on ice and it's not as good it's the one with Will Ferrell right where they're like figure skaters well he's he's always with Will Ferrell so Uh, he was in Tropic Thunder as well Um, you know he's he's been it's yeah, it's it's an interesting film to Trump Funder. They try to advertise it as a comedy, but I don't think it is really a laugh out loud film. I mean, I laugh at bits of it. It's it's a it's definitely a film of its time. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't get away with making that now. Um, and I don't know how you know younger audience would would take to it. But yeah, as a movie of its time when it came out, I found it very funny. Especially like the weird Tom Cruise cameo and costume was just very odd. Yeah, that that was a great moment. I think for Ben Stiller though, like the the early two thousands were like his big time, and then you know, from the twenty ten onwards, like he's he's been in things, but he's more of an executive producer, so he's more behind the scenes now rather than up front. It seems fair, um, but yeah, he's 
I don't think this is a great way to introduce you to Ben Stiller because you're just he's not a likable character in this and he doesn't really do enough in the the show to I guess introduce you to him and like what what he's actually about as a comedian. Yeah, like if yeah, I agree. Like if you're like, "Oh, you should check out Ben Stiller in this episode of Friends." You're not going to be a fan if this is your only or your first experience with him. No. Uh, but then at the after show party um, with Joey, there's a table filled with food and alcohol and it seems everyone's having a great time. So the play's gone on, they've all had a good time, it's all gone well, there's all food. And then Joey introduces everyone to Kate uh, before she's quickly whisked away by the director. Her boyfriend. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. I always wonder this, like if, they, if he is a boyfriend or what, because it's never really explained all that well well they're dating like modern especially modern dating vernacular gets very confusing where you know you're you're seeing someone then you're dating then you're a couple and there's all these weird have you made it official yet yeah you know i mean like it's like well dating is just you've been on a couple of dates and you've seen each other more than once you know and then being a couple's a couple and it it confuses me um but yeah i mean i guess they're dating they've consistently been shown together and she's definitely not available because it's definitely referred to as her you know like she cheats on on him with Joey. Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely say we could class them as, you know, together. So, yeah, while we're still backstage, uh, Ross uh, tells Chandler about the guy that Rachel is dating, uh, but Chandler doesn't believe it. Like, there's a great line here from Chandler who's like, You don't like the guy Rachel's dating? <laughs> oh, it's just so sarcastic. But, but it's like, well, of course, of course, Ross. But in fairness to Ross, like, he, of course, he's not going to like anyone that Rachel dates, but he's got a valid argument now. Poor yeah. Ross. Yeah, but. I I feel I would be in Chandler's situation. It's like, well, he seems like a nice guy. They haven't seen him act like this. It's very out of character for anyone just to start screaming and shouting. Surely you would notice, yeah. right? So yeah, it's it's obvious that maybe maybe Ross is like trying to start something here. Um, That's how we definitely look. But then we get to see Estelle again, and she's absolutely amazing as always. Yeah, she's just fantastic. Just <laughs> with with her boobs and your face. Just <laughs> yeah, and then Chando once again, like, can I borrow that? Yeah, just oh, amazing, so good. Uh, Ross is a bit obsessed with Tommy though at this point, um, and has and has been ignoring his date all night long, uh, which is pretty bad. But you know, that's that's kind of Ross for you. He kind of gets a bit obsessed with things, right? Again, I'm not saying that David Trimmer is an unattractive guy because he isn't, but Ross is portrayed as like this kind of dorky idiot. Um, yeah, nearly every single woman he dates, I know it's TV land, but nearly everyone he dates is like ridiculously attractive. And this woman is really, really pretty. And I'm like, I don't care how mental Ben Stiller is. I'm not ignoring that woman. No, exactly. <laughs> ben Stiller would have to like take all his clothes off and like be running across the seats during the play for me to even pay attention. Well, then the director arrives with the first reviews and that's where we get our third clip. Boxing Day. The Lucille Hotel Theatre, bada bada bada. Joey Tribbiani gives an uneven performance about Mr. Tribbiani is not the worst thing in this production. Yes! <laughs> Kate Miller's awkward and mannered portrayal is laughable. Bada bada bada. Aha! Here it is. The direction by Marshall Townend is. Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. Boys and girls, you've ruined my life. Please, stuff your talentless faces with my mother's crab cakes. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyone mind if I save this? <laughs> so yeah, Joey gives an uneven performance, but he isn't the worst thing in this production. Good for him. Yeah, I love his reaction. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> for all the Joey's other reviews, that is the best review he's ever gotten. Yeah, imagine showing that at your next job. Like, you know, this is my great review. It's like, <laughs> you know, uh, not the worst thing. Uh, but yeah. it's, not like, it's, almost like, it's not like he was the best thing in it either. He just wasn't the worst. No. <laughs> it's still bad. It's just the least bad. It turns out the play got a terrible review, though, which is surprising to me because none of the Friends cast seem to react negatively. Like, normally they're like, oh, the, the lighting in this scene was, was very good or, you know, they, they make up something for Joe. But here they actually seem to quite enjoy what they watched. I was about to say it's a step up from all you want is to tinkle. <laughs> but then I remembered that in the middle of this play, a spaceship comes down and... Joey wants to meet her great, 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 great granddaughter. And I'm like, no, this play is crap too. <laughs> I, I think both of those are excellent and I would definitely be entertained watching them. Uh, we're then back at Monica's and Phoebe is still on the phone. She missed the play. Uh, she kept herself busy though. She swapped Monica and Rachel's rooms around, which is such a weird joke. I, I do love they just kind of weirdly come out of their rooms confused and just like, oh yeah, I put your stuff in her room and your stuff in her room. And it's just like, oh, how, yeah, she was bored. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm it trying. Well, yeah, trying to imagine her removing the beds and stuff like that. You know, like doing that by yourself is is difficult. It just made me think that the girls don't own much stuff. Like, if you tried to move out of my room into a dimmer, you need seven plays. Like, you'd barely get rid of the comics before I was back. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I would need a team of, of, you know, men with muscles to lift all those comic books, because comic books in boxes are, are not lightweight. That's true. Uh, I mean, at least no, I, find, I know my room's safe if you get stuck on hold. <laughs> yeah. uh, we then uh, head back to the theatre where Joey and Kate are alone together on the set. And that is until the director shows up drunk and having just dumped Kate. Uh, turns out she gave up a part on a soap for this play. Got me so mad. When she reveals this, I was like screaming at the TV. Because when we first meet Kate, when she's being a complete B-I-T-C-H to Joey, and he goes, oh, you're a soap actor. And, you know, she's all up, put her nose up in the air, but this made me so mad. I was like, you hypocritical trollop. And I just got like, really mad at her because, you know, she's she's a, clearly a horrible person. I, I never thought about that. Yeah, like... You know, I understand why some people don't go on TV to be in the theatre because to them the theatre is the natural place to be and is higher brow than than TV shows. But in my mind, being on a soap is probably higher because you're getting out to a wider audience than being in, you know, some small theatre in New York somewhere. I mean, soap actors, I do think, in general, get a raw deal in terms of reputation, given that the the amount of stuff they're probably... Expected to portray over the course of six months Ooh, is they, much more intense than a. It's a steady, steady six month job which you can't really turn your nose up at. And two, in those six months, they might have to do like a birthday party scene and be all excited, a wedding, a funeral, a murder. Like you know, what I mean, they could have to do all sorts of insane stuff that's probably got a lot more range than oh, you're the this person in that play for six weeks. Yeah, who's just repeating the same thing over and over and over again to perfection. 
Yeah, and there were some absolutely fantastic soap. I mean, maybe American soaps are different because in American soaps you have that like cheesy, as Joey calls it, smell the fire acting, and like I think there's one called Sunset something or other, and it's notoriously poorly shot and terribly acted. But most British soaps, to be fair, are pretty good. Like EastEnders, Emmerdale, Carnation. The acting in them is pretty good. There was a actress in a, in Emmerdale recently, and I can't remember the actress's name or the character's name because I'd only catch the odd episode. But she was like a serial killer nut job, and she played crazy so well. And I'm like, that's great acting. Like she's phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So she gave up the the job on a soap to to be here. Uh, Joey offers to walk her home. Looks like they got a bit closer during that walk as Kate tries to kiss Joey. I mean, you know, she's uh, I guess you know, she she can't have the director because she got dumped, and now she'll make do with Joey. Well, he's unsure. Like you know, she hated him. Uh, then she slept with him. Then she didn't want anything to do with him. Like he's so conf- so confused, and this isn't normal for, normal for, for Joey, is it? No, but again, we said like last episode, it's nice to see Joey. You know, this side of Joey, and I guess. I guess one side is like getting a bit of a taste of his own medicine and at the same time it's nice to see him being a bit more vulnerable and a bit more emotionally deep than just his usual one night stand type. Yeah, I quite like that because, you know, he could have just gone with it and just been like, yep, getting what I want. But instead he's like, no, like, am I being used at this point? Like, I want to make sure that I'm not being used. So what's going on here after the way she's treated him? Yeah. Uh, And this is where we get our fourth clip. Wait a minute. What? I don't get you. I mean, first, you hate me. Then, you sleep with me. Then, you want nothing to do with me. Now, you want me again? What, so you never went out with an actress before? Kate, do you even like me? Of course I do. Well, so how come you blew me off? You know, how come you were with him? I don't know. Just, just do this. I, I always have to pick like the smartest guy or or the most talented guy. Just, why can't I just pick someone like you? Thanks. You know what I mean. I mean like the sweetest guy. I'd love that little bit there. Uh, it make, makes me feel like, you know, Joey got a, a bit of Chandler going on because, you know, she, she's going, uh, why, I always go with the, the smartest guy or the most beautiful looking guy. Why can't I go with a guy like you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, thanks. Such a backhanded compliment. But... <laughs> well, it's, it's not even a, a compliment at that point until she, she does manage to recover, I think. She does. I think this is one of those weird linguistic things that, that does not cross the genders at all. Whereas men hate being called sweet because traditionally we're not supposed to like, you know, the archetypal man isn't sweet. You know, he's like powerful and passionate and sexy and aggressive and all these like weird male buzzwords. Um, But then I've never been like, when women have called me sweet, I've been, oh, great. They're not interested. (laughs) And then turns out they have been. And sweet's a good thing, apparently. And I'm like, oh, uh, cool. But it's like, if a woman was going to describe you as sweet or sexy, you'd want them to pick sexy, even if. I guess that's kind of included by default because if they want to date you, they must fancy you. But you would still rather be described as sexy. If I was like, ladies and gentlemen, the sweet Mark from watching Friends. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, Brian. <laughs> has, has a woman ever called you cute before? Uh, God, no. No? Okay. Well, I, I, I've done cute things, but I don't think anyone would like see me and think cute. 
Because yeah, the, it's the, it's the same as you know the the word sweet. You know, no one wants the cute guy. Cute is what puppies are. Puppies are cute. You yeah. want you want to be the hot guy, don't you? You want to be the manly guy, not the I cute mean, guy. But but the, but like you said, like when women do call you sweet or cute, it actually can be a positive sign of affection, not uh, a brush off. Yeah, I guess. But men just, I mean, again, what men don't know about women, you could, you know, you could fill the Grand Canyon. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, but yeah, it's never, if you're called sweet early on, you just kind of assume you've got no shot, even if, you know, the goal is wide open. At the same time, so, men out there and women, just because someone calls you sweet doesn't also mean they want you as well. No, yeah, it's all very confusing. And people should just, you know, just directly say, I fancy you, I don't fancy you. Yeah, I was going to say Kate kind of shows that people are just complex, right? Like, even I she mean, says she doesn't know what she wants or why she wants it. She just does whatever she does. Like, I mean, I can't stand Kate, and we're a, we're a family-friendly podcast, so the, most of the words I have to use about Kate, I can't use. Maybe in maybe Patreon-only version, <laughs> I could use them, but, but I absolutely can't. And again, this is the the difference between men and women. Like, if this was the other way around, the woman would have walked away long ago, hopefully. But Joey's still hanging in there. And the way he kind of nervously asks, like, do you even like me? It's it's kind of heartbreaking in a little way. Like, you know, he's... I mean, like you said, I imagine traditionally, like, normally it's the the woman in that role. And now we've we've got Joey in it. Um, which is very unlike Joey, but it just goes to show how much Joey likes Kate. Like, you know, he actually thinks there could be a serious thing there. Yeah, I like that he he wants to be liked himself when normally he probably doesn't care if they like him. He's happy with whatever happens. I mean, Joey sleeps around and, you know, but I don't think Joey's ever particularly, like, misogynistic. I don't, I wouldn't ever describe Joey as, like, troubling or problematic. Um, he's just he's you know he he meets people they're attractive to each other they they have a one night stand. I don't think there's really much more in it than that. Occasionally we get jokes about him not calling people when he said he was gonna. Um, no, but... he 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 gets away with all this stuff because he goes up to a woman and goes how you doing and they giggle and look away shyly and then next scene they're in bed together. There is nothing more to it. Whereas in real life that doesn't happen. Like I'm sure we doesn't all wish it? I'm sure we all <laughs> wish it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the amount of women you've got up to and be like, how are you doing? I'm fine, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a boyfriend. Um, yeah, it, 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 that's what makes it not problematic is because it's not written ever in that way where he has to pursue someone. Like, he just, it's, it's the way you want it to be where he just goes, I fancy you. And they're like, good, I fancy you too. The end. And to be fair, we don't really, we seldom see Joey, when Joey has his adventures, uh, you don't really see anything. You just hear about them. Every time you see Joey actually like someone, it doesn't seem to work out very well so far. Like, you know, he fancied the girl at the, the perfume shop, uh, but she went out with, you know, ombre for men yep. instead. Um, so whenever Joey's actually tried to date date, it's it's not seemed to work for him. Yeah, well, certainly in the the later series, like you have moments with Joey and having trying to have serious relationships, but you kind of forget that he does try and have serious relationships, even in the earlier seasons. Yeah, he's just very unlucky. Yeah. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. 
Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Uh, well, you know, Kate manages to convince him before falling asleep on him uh, that, you know, she she does like him and want to be with him. Uh, and I like this bit because this is where we get a good guy, Joey, is he puts her to bed uh, and puts a bucket down in case she needs to be sick. Uh, he's a good guy because, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, wouldn't have done that. They They wouldn't have let them just say, oh, I like you and then fall asleep. Yeah, the, I mean, there's a whole dark path that you know it could go down yeah but then not only is joey like he's not neutral he doesn't just leave her there but like you know he cuts him with a blanket and he gets gets the bucket he's a really really sweet guy yeah he, he could have just been like oh she's gonna sleep all right i'll let myself out goodbye but he's like no she's probably gonna need this later on yeah and you know and we find out later he stayed there and you know stuff happens but we'll find out when i guess he chats to monica about it later but yeah you know he's a very very sweet loving gentle guy and you know if you could leap into the telly for a moment you'd want to give him a hug and a little pat on the back like you know well done joey yeah being good <laughs> well it's morning now and phoebe is still on the phone waiting what i love about this is it's probably not something people ever speak about is how many times when you've been on hold for ages does your brain go if i hung up and called back would it be faster but then you get stuck in this horrible like indecisive anxiety of but if I hang up and they're about to pick up, I'll be waiting all over again, and you never know. Yeah, nowadays I've, I've, you just I've, have like seven phones in your hands and do it. <laughs> I, I I have done that before with two phones because sometimes depending on the route through the phone system can get you to places quicker. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially um, normally, if you you get through to um, if you actually can get through to someone when they transfer you internally, you normally skip the queues. So if you can yep. get through to like sales where they're going to answer instantly because it's sales. And you're like, oh, I've got this issue. They will transfer you internally and you can get through quicker. Um, yeah, I always go for sales and cancellations because they either want more money or to keep the stuff they're getting. And like, oh, sorry, I must have pressed the wrong button. Can you transfer me to complaints? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of tricks. It doesn't always work for all of them, but sometimes uh, pushing zero will just skip all the, the options and just take you to an operator. Uh, so that can be quicker. I can't remember what it's called, but there's a website where you can put in the company or the number you're calling, and it literally has like a, a list of commands. So you can just, with the second answer, be like, 4262426, 4, and you get right through. <laughs> it's amazing. I need to find out what it's called. Um, but my sister used it the other day when she was trying to call every. Um, but unfortunately, his information was out of date. Yeah. So uh, if you talk loudly on the phone, some systems are like, if they can hear you becoming irate, because there'll be someone listening in, they will bump you up the queue. Um, Sometimes it can be, you know, you just do not do anything and the computer system doesn't know what to do, so it has to put you through to an operator, so that's a quicker way. There's all sorts of little ways. Uh, it's different for every company, though, but, yeah, I have been on the phone once for over an hour recently uh, for a complaint uh, with, with a bank, in fact, and that was not a good time. Doesn't sound like it. 
but yeah, so Joey uh, walks in to Monica's apartment and he's in the same outfit. He spent the night, even though nothing happened. Uh, in fact, after she passed out, they both stayed up and spent all night talking. He had the night. The night. Death. I like how Monica explains this like phenomenon as if like it's it's only something women are aware of and, and men like men don't have the night. They just um but yeah, you know, they talk about, you know, you find out about a family and like, there's all these kind of like deep, meaningful conversations where you get really get to know the person. Um I feel like that yeah. only ever happens once with people, whether and it doesn't have to be a relationship, it can be like some person you've you've just met. Like you have that first day where you meet someone and you get on with them. And you do just enjoy just talking to them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. I guess it depends, like, how long you've known them. Like, I've known my current partner, what, 16, 17 years at this point. So there's lots of crap we already know about each other. So, but then at the same time, I guess we still had the night where suddenly you'd be like, oh, my God, I didn't know A, B, and C. And, we'd, you know, you'd tell each other stories about your families that you never brought up in the context as friends, I guess. Um, so I think it does exist. Um, but yeah, you are right. I think it only really happens the once, and then it's just kind of casual conversation after that. And I guess in this instance, Joey never normally has the night because he only has one night with them, and there's not enough time for a chat and everything else. Yeah, Joey has a night, <laughs> not the <laughs> <Yeah>. night. <laughs> uh, we're then at the coffee shop, and a woman has bought Chandler a drink until she gets a look at him, and she thought it was somebody else. Ouch. That's so mean. Like, if I ever was like saw someone across a bar, I was like, "Oh wait, is that like Claire? Oh, Gunther, take Claire a drink." And then turns out it was Samantha. Wait, I don't know a Samantha Disney reference for you. Um, but, <laughs> like, I would be like, "Yeah, have the drink." I would. It'd be way less awkward for her to just have that drink and think I was being nice than for me to be like, "Oh wait, never mind, cancel. No, it's not her. Bring it back, please." Like, just just let her have the drink. Take the, the last one. The, there's two discussions here. Like, the first one is. She knows that Chandler's going to take the drink and then wander over and be like, hi there, you brought me a drink, thanks very much. Like, who are you? And and be interested, and obviously she's not at that point. But you leave, and like you eat the, the drink, and then you run off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the second point is, like, is sending a, a drink to someone in a cafe or a bar a bit weird? I've never done it. I've never done it, because... Uh, Okay, we went out once, and well, it, this sounds like it was came out of a sitcom, but it genuinely happened, where a friend of mine offered to buy a girl a drink. She said yes, ordered the drink. It was passed to her. She went, thanks, and walked off. Like, just literally <laughs> just left the bar by herself with the drink she'd just been bought. And he came outside and was just, like, spitting venom about it, being like, what the hell? And I was like... In fairness, dude, you didn't say, could you, ha- you know, should we have a drink? Can I join you for it? You literally said, can I buy you a drink? So going on the language you used, she's well within her rights to just swap. Like, there was no expectation from what you said other than, yeah, buy me a drink. If someone walked up and went, Mark, do you want a McDonald's? You wouldn't say no, would you? <laughs> like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll have McDonald's. I, I guess that's slightly different, though, because like he's like face to face there. But like sending one across the bar to someone you've not even said hello to or even knows you exist is I, I don't know if it's like a trying to be a powerful move or what it's it's very it's very film like it's what people to do me, on tv shows and in films not in real life it's a bit wimpy if you ask me like you're basically getting someone else to break the ice for you in like a really like out of their way you're like oh hello barman whose job it is to do this can you go indicate to that person that i exist and to me, it's like, well, no, if you want to talk to that person like go over and like can I'm- i join you for it 
I am too lazy to go over. Can you send them a drink and then hopefully they'll come to me because I'm quite comfy and there's not many seats in this bar and I don't want to give up this seat. Well, like if I was at a bar and someone was like, oh, you know, this drink is from that person over there. I would be like, cool. Like, I mean, I'm pretty social. I'd probably have a drink with them anyway. But it's like, well, if I didn't, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to then be like, yay, beer? Or go on, go over. Do you come over? Do you, but you, like, what's the protocol? I, I, I think you're meant to go over and go, thank you for the drink. Who are you, mystery stranger? Uh, I've I've had drinks uh, sent to me before. Uh not, on, not, not, not on purpose. Uh, in the world of QR codes and mobile ordering on your phone, uh, people put in the wrong table number. <laughs> and, oh, you, uh, s- you set us up for an interesting tangent then, and you, you now it was a clerical error. <laughs> yeah. And you know, stuff turns up, and they're like, "Here's the drink that's ordered for for table twenty four. You're like, "I didn't order it," and they're like, "Well, it's on the receipt, so here you go." All right, I guess I'll enjoy my free drink. <laughs> I remember when like apps first came out in the UK for like pubs and stuff and people would just be filling their social media going we're at this pub table 24 cheers guys and you could just remotely send people drinks by logging into the app yeah. that, that was a thing for a while that was quite fun yeah we should we should try that on our podcast shouldn't we well just go on all our social medias and be like we're yeah. at this restaurant do you want to buy us dinner guys <laughs> we're, we're at we're at the cinema in screen six row l seat 21 anyone want to send us anything yeah, but then we'd just get cheese, but Ryan doesn't like cheese and is it table four? Quick, send him all the brie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what would we get? Popcorn and hot dogs. Hot dogs, yeah. That's it. I'd take that. Uh, yeah, so Tommy is due to arrive at the coffee shop as Rachel and him are going out to lunch. Uh, this is when Ross needs to tell her what he's actually like, but he actually comes across as super jealous in our next clip. Mr. Funny to you, Mr. Funny. Whoa! Oh, sorry, Tommy. What's in the cup, Ross? Um, what is in the cup? Okay, it's coffee. Ice coffee? Tell me it's ice coffee. It, it's hot. Hot coffee! <laughs> you idiot! You gonna spill hot coffee all over me, huh? What are you, just a big, dumb, stupid, doofy idiot with a doofy idiot hairdo? Huh? Huh? <laughs> So yeah, uh, we have Ben Stiller or Tommy shouting again. I think he spends most of his scenes just shouting. Like he he doesn't really have a range of stuff to do uh, in this episode. But yeah, Ross is telling Rachel previously uh, how Tommy's acting, and you know she needs to be careful. And clearly, he just comes across as being super jealous, right? Yeah, he does. I mean, again, it's the ex boyfriend telling you that your new date isn't you know good enough, or something wrong with them, and you just especially given it's Ross like yeah it just comes across in the worst possible way or the most Ross way he has been like this before with her dates or with Mark or whoever like he's been jealous of many men in the past yeah I mean you know look what it was like with Paolo yes he was a crap weasel but he was still you know jealous yeah Uh, so yeah Ross leaves the coffee place uh, but just as he does he bumps into Tommy with a cup full of hot coffee uh, Tommy is not happy and freaks out, which I think is a little bit fair, maybe. But obviously, Tommy goes way overboard with it. What I like about this, just just to like pin the tail on the mental donkey, is the way Tommy sets up his own rant. He's like, "Tell me that's cold. Tell me that's cold coffee, <laughs> Russ. Tell me that's cold coffee." And Russ is like, "No, it's hot." And he goes, "Ah, you got it." And then like, he <laughs> literally gets Ross to walk into the rant. And I'm like, "He crazy, but he good. He yep. good, but he crazy." Yep. 
Yep, because uh, Ross nearly spilled hot coffee all over him, yet no one can see or hear what's happening outside as like, Ross is banging on the glass to get Rachel or anyone to notice what's going on. TV sound again. It's like when people are in the apartment and if you're on the sofa, you can't be heard in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Tommy comes in and, you know, he's all back to normal. He's all, all happy and smiley faces. So no one's none the wiser. True. And with that, I think we're going to take a very quick break. We're going to be back for the rest of this episode. And we're back. Uh, so we're back at the play uh, because it's still going on despite the terrible reviews because I guess once it starts, it has to carry on. I think yep. someone would review it before it went out live to you know tell them it's terrible. Well, normally you have like a press night, don't you? So there'll be a press night before opening night. So that's what that would have been. That's why they was all quite happy. Yeah, and then you'll have, you'll have your press night and then the reviews come out and then that would normally dictate how successful your play is going to be, especially if you're like off-Broadway. Like if you're already on Broadway, you probably don't need to worry too much because you're in a Broadway show, so people are going to go see it. Like if I get cast in Hamilton, yeah, I'm pretty much set. Whereas <laughs> yeah. if you're in some, you know, random show about God knows what off-Broadway in a tiny theatre, yeah, yeah, that review's going to make, probably make the difference, especially if there's like a theatre, you know, not but like a group of people like the like theatre fishing writers going to look at that review and go, ooh, I'll dodge that play now because Bob said it's crap. Yeah, Again, I... this was... This was pre-Google, pre-internet, well, not pre, you know, pre, pre-widespread pre internet and social media where you actually had to read the newspaper to find out reviews. That you, you know, you couldn't just go on your podcast and listen to us talk about it. You had to go watch it. Well, yeah, in the UK, there's a magazine called Time Out, uh, which I think's UK-based, but used to be just London. It used to be like, here's what to do this week on in London. Like, here's all the theatre shows, here's all the restaurants, here's whatever else we've filled with reviews and stuff to do. But yeah, now you would go online or see on Twitter or your friends will tell you about it, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we then end up um, with the play having held the curtain for Joey uh, because he's, you know, a little bit late. Um, yep. And then we get some amazing acting. Um, except Kate is not there. Where is she, Mark? Well, she got a job in LA. Oh, nice to tell you. Yeah, but Joey isn't concentrating while he's doing his job. Uh, he just wants to know what happened to her. And this is kind of funny because, like, it's like he's trying to ask while he's in the play and everyone's watching him, and he's not subtle about it. No, like if great. You, if you're in the front row, you're definitely hearing what what's going on here. Yeah, like what the hell is this part to play? Like, are they just having a chat? Like, what is this? Uh, but back at Monica's. Tommy needs to use the phone, uh, but Phoebe is busy using hers still, many days later. Yeah, it's been how many days now? don't know. Friends logic, right? I'm assuming two yep. days at this point. Uh, Chandler says uh, he can use the boys' phone across the hall, which is nice of them. Yeah. And then Ross tries to make Tommy scream again <laughs> uh, but by nearly throwing hot coffee all over him, but Tommy doesn't react this time. Yeah, which is weird because, you know, if he was just an angry psychopath, anything should trigger him, but... 
Yeah, because I, I love the way, you know, Ross runs into him and is like, whoa, I nearly spilled my hot coffee all over you. You're not going to react to that? You're not going to shout at me? I mean, as we like to do on this show, Mark, let's go a little bit Roger. And maybe Ben Stiller or Tommy is aware of his crazy rage and aware how much it negatively impacts his chance of dating. So he, around protective dates, he's very aware and controls himself, which, you know, I think it's a very deliberate choice. I think Tommy is a bit of a terrifying sociopath. Maybe, or maybe he's just very stressed in his job or whatever, and, you know, the the anger comes out at inopportune moments. And, you know, at this point in time, he's with Rachel, he's in a comfortable place, he's, he's happy and fine, right? You'll make, you'll make excuses for Psycho Tommy, but any chance you get to throw Ross under the bus, you're just like, yep, now let's reverse back over him. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. I'll, I'll get... I'll get on the Ross train uh, later on in the show when he starts getting a bit better. All right. Um, but Tommy's in the apartment, though, isn't he? And he notices the chick. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, Tom, Tommy notices the chick um, when he's in the apartment. I do love the Game Boy uh, that's in the pen that the boys have made for the chick to keep the chick in, like, in a secure <laughs> area. But he's got things to play with, can play some Game Boy. Can't get bored, yeah? No. And he picks up the chick and it does a mess all over his hand. And this is when Tommy starts yelling at the chick and the duck. Hey there, little fella. Mr. Fuzzy Man, how you doing? Oh, oh. Ew. Oh, ew. Gross. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> little fuzzy yellow creature. Oh, look at me. I'm so cute. I'm a little chick who's disgusting. God, you're so stupid. How are you not yet extinct? Quick, 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 quick. What are you quacking about? Dumb Donald Dodo. Step away from the duck. Oh, I'm sorry, little Mr. Chickadee. Sorry you went duty in my hand. Well, I guess we're not going out anymore. Man! I really love that last line, the way he says it. I guess we're not going out anymore. Yeah, like it's somehow Rachel's fault. Like, uh, you're not accepting me randomly screaming at adorable animals. Mm. Yeah, because everyone is in the doorway here. They notice this time what Tommy was doing. I mean, you did. Yeah, like, how did they get there, though? Like, did Ross corral everyone and push them to the doorway? Or I did they think, hear screaming I, and ran across? Like, how did that happen? Well, the, I am assuming, like, the doors for both apartments are just open because that's what the, the guys tend to do. They're, they just leave the doors open. And it's a New York apartment. It's probably not really well soundproof. And he's shouting pretty loud. True, he is, to be fair, yeah. Now, I remember in the reunion, uh, they talked about Ben Stiller and, like, how funny and amazing he was. I, I do wonder how much of this is like ad-libbed because you can tell like it's probably a little bit scripted but at the same time they've probably just been like you know you go off and shout and you know some of the stuff he comes out with is, is quite funny uh, but it's you know I, I kind of feel like he probably did more on set that wasn't recorded that was probably better yeah like if you think you know he's probably in this episode for what seven minutes of the episode if that um, but they would have spent a whole day if not a couple of days, shooting scenes with him. So yeah. there's plenty of opportunity for him to be hilarious. Well, we're back at the play and Kate turns up. Uh, she tells Joey that she's leaving for LA for General Hospital. Uh, so she got a part in, a, in the soap still. They, like, they still offered it to her. And yep. she had a great night with him, but she can't stay just for him. She's got to go. Her flight is in an hour. And... 
you know, Joey has to carry on the play and uses this time to say goodbye to Kate whilst he's doing his normal lines. Which is great. Just just staring over the actresses on stage with. <laughs> just like straight past her, straight at Kate. Yep. Um, I mean, it's nice that she did turn up. Like, it sounded like she wasn't going to. She was just like, I'm leaving now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, at least she did turn up. But, yeah, he's in a tough, tough place because he can't just leave his job, even if there is an understudy there for him. Although we don't see well, one because we see one for Kate because obviously he sleeps with her. Uh, he does. But, but we don't see one for, for Joey at all. But, yeah, he can't really just leave for his personal matter. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, she's got a job on a soap, so it's probably a long-term role, more than likely. And it's not just the case of leaving this job, is it? It's, it's leaving this job, it's leaving New York, it's leaving his friends, it's leaving his family. Like, that's a lot to do for a person you've known a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, I am a fairly, you know, soft-hearted romantic, but I ain't leaving my life after a few weeks. Like, that needs to be, you know, a lot of long-term plan well especially like yes while she will be across the country like if there was still something there there's nothing stopping them getting flights or whatever yeah true so i mean i guess better i suppose if we take you know the realistic options it's what five six hour flight from new york to la yeah it's not unthinkable that they could manage that no i feel like if i were joey i'd be like well you know your first weekend off i'll fly over yeah see see how it goes yeah uh this is when we get a classic, though. Uh, no wonder the play got such bad reviews. And I have to ask, where did this scene come from? One thing you got to know is that I will never forget you. But you got things you have to do now, and, and so do I. And so, I'm going to get on this spaceship. And I'm going to go to Blargon 7 in search of alternative fuels. But when I return, 200 years from now, you'll be long gone. But I won't have aged at all. So you tell your great, great granddaughter to look me up. Because Adrian, baby, I'm going to want to meet her. This, to me, is brilliant. And I think it's, it works so well because for you know two or three episodes, we've seen the play and seen bits of it and whatever, and this is not hinted at anywhere at all. It seems like quite a serious play about whatever it is, about love and romance and whatever, and you know, in my mind, kind of dull. Well, yeah, especially given like the director's kind of, I guess, pretentious airs and Kate's you know, crapping on soap acting. Uh, you very much get the sense like it's a proper, like, highbrow, serious play. Yeah. I, I just have to ask, like, where did, where did this come from? Like, I'm, you know, obviously we don't get to see the whole play, but at some point the director's gone, yeah, and then, you know, a ladder comes down with some lights on it because he's going to go into space to look for alternative fuels. <laughs> Maybe he was just the right. was just stuck for an ending. He was like, "Uh, uh space, <laughs> space." <laughs> space. <laughs> and then you got to love Joey's lines there, where he's like, "You know, you're going to be long gone, but your your great 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 granddaughter, I'm going to want to meet her." 
just it, I'm gonna go to Blargon Seven. I'm like Blargon Seven. Like you can, <laughs> all the made up space names, Blargon couldn't sound more like a six year old thought of it. I mean, he could have come up with Unobtainium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So in the after credits, Phoebes has been on the phone for two days. So there we go. Two whole days. Uh, turns out she'd called a number in Utah, which wasn't a toll-free number, or uh, I don't know. We just call them free numbers, don't we? Yeah, we've got free phone. Yeah. Um, this sounds expensive. Made more expensive when she breaks Monica's phone. Yeah, and then Monica's got to go and hold somewhere, probably at the boys' apartment. <laughs> <laughs> to to what? Go hi there. Your phone broke when my friend hit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Does your warranty cover active Phoebe? Because yeah. if it does, I need to claim. Yeah, uh, I think we've, again, we've probably all done this at some point where you dial a number because, especially in the UK, like there's the free number, which is like 0345 or whatever, but then there's the paid number that's really expensive that's 0344. And it's like, it's very easy to dial the number that's the expensive one and not realize it's 20p a minute. And they're definitely going to keep you on hold for as long as possible for that one because you're paying for it. I remember in the UK when, when mobile phones were kind of widespread for the first time and 0800 numbers were always free off a landline, always. And they didn't work on mobile. Yeah, but if you called them off a mobile, it wouldn't connect or if it did, it just charged you the regular rate and the amount of times I'd be calling like insert computer game support company just being like, <laughs> it's not working. I'm going to phone them on my Nokia 3310 and then my credit would disappear half over the quarter and I'd be like, what the hell? It's supposed to be free. It took me, it took me a few times to realise that wasn't the case. <laughs> Oh, you was you was like thirteen then, let's say. Yeah, I mean, most. I mean, I was like most people then. I imagine most of my uh, credit went on on what you call them, ringtones, text, text messages, <laughs> ringtones, little animations, yep. the crazy frog. Just I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I think I'm, I'm a bit too old for crazy frog. Uh, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, to me, it has its moments, especially the the end scene with Joey. Like, just stands out to me as a memorable moment but all, all the stuff with kate you know over the last couple of episodes i couldn't care less because kate's not a likable person like the the very moment you meet her she comes across as if she's like too good to talk to anyone i think she's better yeah, than I, everyone else i deeply dislike her as a character um like the fact that they only try and even make her remotely redeemable is when she's miserable after she's been dumped by the director and i'm like well, no i'm not gonna have pity for her now because she treated joey like complete crap Yep. And and while it was nice to see the other side of Joey and see Joey be the kind of one, not hurting, because I don't want to see Joey in pain or anyone hurting, but just it was nice to see a vulnerable side to Joey, but I'm not. you're not going to get credit for halfway through your three-episode run not being horrible to him. Now, we definitely get this better in later episodes when, you know, especially maybe like him and Rachel where, you know, he he clearly cares for her, but it's not going to work out and it's painful for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she she's not likable. I, I don't like Ben Stiller in this and Tommy. Like all he does is shout. There's nothing to his character. We don't get to know him. You know, I feel like the the guy that Phoebe dates, uh, who keeps falling out of his uh, short shorts. I feel like we get yeah. to know him better than Tommy. Tommy's just a yeah, guy who man. shouts and he's got anger issues. Yeah, he's in what three scenes? Like play, coffee shop, apartment, and that's it. Yeah, and he shouts in all of them. I mean, Ross gets some redemption. I don't think anyone kind of realises that, you know, Ross was right, and, you know, maybe, you know, he wasn't jealous. 
hang on, if I'm remembering this correctly, the only direct line he says to Rachel is, I guess we're not dating anymore then. Like, the only time we see him talk to her. Well, he, at the at the theatre, you know, him and Rachel are together, and that's where, you know, Ross kind of makes it awkward by being like, oh, she told you that we, that we used to date? And he's like, no. Um, yeah. I don't think he actually has a proper conversation with Rachel at any point in the episode, though. He does in the, the coffee shop as well when he walks in, but, well, not a proper conversation, like... Yeah, we never see I mean, like, we never see them interact as a couple besides standing next to each other. True. Yeah, it's weird. So, but yeah, in the reunion, they were, you know, always talking about him, and yeah, it's it's very odd to us as people watching from the outside. Like we don't see that come across in the episode. It may have been a great day on set, but he was not a great person in episode. No. Um. So yeah, it's. It's not a great episode, and certainly as we get towards the end of season three, it still hasn't quite picked up to the levels I kind of was thinking it would or expecting it to be. I was thinking about this, and I'm trying to wonder, like, is it because we're in this kind of like weird, on a break, fallout style, like come down of like, oh, and everything's just leveled enough, so it feels less good because it's it's not as dramatic. Um, because they're all fine. Like, the episodes that we've seen, you know, so far post-break have been fine. They're not great. They're not amazing. I don't think they're going to be on anyone's, like, favourite lists. But they're certainly not terrible episodes. No, because... Um, this is probably the, the weakest one of the, them so far. Because season two ended on a high. And, you know, the last few episodes were quite on a high. We've basically got the one with Ross's thing, where he's got his skin growth, which is an alright episode. Yeah. Uh, the one with the ultimate fighting champion, I quite like, but it's not a, a strong episode. And yeah, then, I like the episode. And then we have the one at the beach, which is an episode I really, really like because it's so different. Well, yeah, anytime you're not in Central Park or outside, you're happy. So <laughs> it's like, oh my God, sand. Mark yeah. loves it. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that brings our episode to a close. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you if they want to hear more of your sweet voice uh well you can't really hear more of my voice other than on our patreon but you can read my words on uh, gamehype.co.uk for uh, gaming news reviews and all your general gaming shenanigans and you can find me at fuzzballs.co where i draw cute animals and put them on t-shirts and notepads and plush toys now as well so check out the plush toys that we got made Um, yeah i haven't got one next to me today to like try and squish in a microphone yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should, uh, you know, because we are doing this remotely. Maybe we should record our ourselves and put that up on the internet. I think we should make plush Ryan and Marks and sell them. Oh yeah, we would sell none of those. <laughs> we might sell one each to our mums. Would they be anatomically correct though? No, <laughs> no. just like Action Man, <laughs> yeah. welded on pants. Yep, yeah, it'll be stitched, stitched into our pants. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you can also find us at watchingfriends.com where we have a contact form that you can write to us. Tell us what you think of this episode or other episodes. You know, we like to read your comments and happy to read them out. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you want to help support us. Uh, every review helps because it helps the algorithm and us get noticed and find new fans. If you want to support us with actual cash money, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash watching friends, where there's a bunch of different tiers. We get ad free versions and we do bonus shows and basically you help support us uh, to do this and to pay for the hosting and the equipment and, you know, tea for Ryan. I do need tea. I always need tea. Too much tea. 
And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter if it still exists at Watch Friends Pod, where you can also write to us and we'll read out anything you say there too. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll be back again in a week's time. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio.